Hey guys, welcome back to Bell's View and I'm your girl Bell. Today I'll be discussing, and just like that, final episode, episode 10, Seeing the Light. I'm not going in any particular order. <laughs> Starting off with Charlotte. Charlotte and Harry have went all out for Rock's Bar Mitzvah. Like, they have the food, the caterers, there's like 50 plus people who have been invited, trying to find a trans rabbi, getting the venue laid out. You know, this is, this is Charlotte's thing. She's a control freak. She loves organizing events. But the key thing that she forgot was to make sure her child knew, you know, what scriptures or verses to read from the Torah. And Rock doesn't have it at all. At all. And they, it took them being at the venue for Rock to say, I don't want to do it. And Harry looked like he was going to cuss his child out. And I understood. Because it's like, we done spent all this money, spent all this time, all these people out here, all this food out here for you to be like, nah, I don't think it's for me. But again, Rock is 12. And typically, when you grow up in a, a religious household, like you are raised, oh, we identify with this religion. Especially if you grew up like going to a place of worship on a regular basis or your parents had you involved in different activities within that that place of worship or even if your parents had you you know learning different stories of you know your your biblical reference or reciting and memorizing certain scriptures but sometimes you were really doing that because your authority figure was saying, this is what we do. You didn't know if you genuinely loved that, wanted to do, or really identified with that. And that's the same thing with Rock. Rock doesn't really know if they, they believe in the different beliefs and concepts within the Torah. They're like, you know what, I, I don't know, you know what religion I identify with. I just want to continue doing me. And that's understandable. Shar. You should have asked about that earlier on before you and Harry spent all this money. Also, I do give it to Char because I would have wanted to attend the event for the sole purpose of eating that food. The food looked good, all the candy laid out. It looked fun as hell. Ooh, like just seeing all the candy and snacks laid out on that like spacious ass bar counter. Ooh, I would have tore that shit up. I would have tore that shit up. So Charlotte was like, you know, I didn't convert to Judaism for this, all this money, this time I put into this, somebody doing something. So Charlotte decides to kind of do like her own, I believe, like bots mitzvah ceremony. For those who are, who are Jewish that are listening, forgive me. I don't know the necess- I don't know the terms. Um, so she's like, I'm going to make something out of this. And she did. And it was still a celebration. At this event, Miranda reveals to Carrie and Charlotte, and particularly Carrie, that she is moving or going to L.A. for a few months with Che. And Carrie's taken aback. She's taken aback. And it's funny because so many of us who are OG Sex and the City fans remember the end of season six when Miranda and Carrie fight because Carrie has decided on a whim that she's going to move with Petrovsky to Paris and that she is willing to drop her life in New York, drop her job, her column, and, you know, 
leaving the city that she loves where her best friends are to go be with this man that she hasn't even known for a long time. And Miranda screams at her, you're living in a fantasy. And you know what? She was right. She was right. But here's the thing with that situation. This was season six, the final season of Sex and the City, right? Everyone in her friend group is now partnered. Charlotte finally found the man of her love, the, the love of her life. They are married. Hell, skeptical ass Miranda, who had been a skeptic about romance and love this entire time, has now started a family and married the man that she loves and loves her. And even Samantha, free spirit Samantha, is in a serious monogamous relationship with a man that loves her and that she's grown to love back. And even though people talk about how progressive this show was, we have to think about it. This show was progressive for its time between 1998 and 2004. Even though the women were progressive in some ways, Carrie still prescribed to that whole idea of like, what's the point of life if you don't have, find that one true love? And what will my life mean or purpose will I have if I don't have that? And then knowing that society starts to look at you as less worthy of value as you get closer to 40. So in this episode where Miranda and Carrie have this big fight after attending their friend's funeral, Carrie's 38 years old. She's two years away from the big 4-0. Everyone in her friend group is partnered. Except her. I mean, she she's still dating Petrovsky, but with seeing that on top of her friend dying in her late 30s at 40, it just reinforced that whole idea that she'd been conditioned that as you approach 40 and you don't have a serious relationship or marriage that your life is over. She did it out of fear. She was paranoid. She was paranoid. She did it out of fear. So Miranda was right. So fast forward to now. And it's essentially Carrie saying the same thing to Miranda. You're living in a fantasy. And here's the thing. Miranda is living in a fantasy. And she says, I don't have the right to change a little bit, a lot. You know, this whole time, I don't have the right to do that. Because she's asking her friend for support. And I understand that too. We know Miranda has always been about logic. Has always thought more regarding logic and, and compared to emotion. And this time she is being... She's, she's, she's thinking from her heart. And I understand that she wants to explore this new opportunity, but even the fact that she is now giving up this Human Rights Watch internship, a competitive internship, given that she wants to go into like the social justice space, an internship that Naya had wrote her a glowing recommendation for to go be with Che for a few months. That is out of character for her. It is. And yes, it is okay to change. It is okay to want new things. But 
what if that opera you don't get that opportunity again you know what if you don't get that opportunity with the human rights internship and yes che finally was able to leverage their com their fan base from the comedy shows they do and the podcast to get a pilot it moved to hollywood and carrie was like what you gonna do sit in the audience and laugh and Miranda was like, maybe. And it's like, yeah, if that's what Miranda wants to do, fine. But also it's like, Miranda, you're telling me you'll really be fine. Just sit in there watching Shane make jokes. And, in on, and then just sit in the audience laughing or maybe just like being kind of like the supportive girlfriend on set. Are you going to be on set for three months the whole time? And then I've mentioned this before. It is okay to change. It make I understand that Miranda is looking for more opportunities and to be happy and to, to do things differently. I get that. However, I believe that she thinks Che is her source of, of self, re, self rediscovering herself and self-discovery, and that's unhealthy because if this relationship ends then what? Because you can still explore new opportunities. You shouldn't allow, you shouldn't rely on this person as your source of new experiences. You should be open to new experiences in general. So if this relationship with Che ends, she should know I can still do what I want to do, even if I'm not with this person. But Miranda hasn't got to that place yet. So Carrie does offer her support, but I do understand why she would be taken aback and kind of concerned. You know, this is the same person who had told Carrie and Charlotte, I'm not going to tell Steve about Che. But because she was so giddy to finally let out that she wasn't happy in the marriage and she wanted out, she went against her own word and then dropped the other bomb that she's been having an affair on him. I didn't like that. I don't even think she thought about that. I don't even think she thought about that. And I'm confused. Can someone tell me Brady's age? So is he 17, 18, or 19? Okay, he did Miranda say he's a minor in that first episode when she was pissed at Che for giving him weed? So I'm assuming he's 17, 18 years old. Him and Louisa are going backpacking for the summer. So that made me feel bad. So now Steve's going to be all alone, at least for a few months. Like, he's going to be all alone. But I know, I know he'll keep, keep himself busy. I know there's a bunch of women who would be lined up to keep him busy that whole summer. That whole summer. Anyway. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> like... I disagree. I disagree. And I'm not on the hate Miranda train. I don't hate Miranda. It was just shocking to see the the turn in her character. And I support her wanting new experiences. I, it, I support her finding what makes her happy. But so far in this new journey, the only source of happiness has been... Che and I don't like that it's not healthy it's not healthy 
And I feel like they wrote this as like a, a rom-com in a way because Che, who for the longest have has come off as like someone who prefers casual sexual intercourse to be like, I'm not seeing anyone else and I'm in love with you and I want you to come with me to L.A., it, it, it just came out of nowhere. I feel like they just wrote that in. Like, we don't even see Che even develop these feelings or emote to a point where they even feel that they're falling for Miranda. We don't see that. We see a few conversations of laughs and getting along and sex, but not enough to equate to love. It's not going to work out. And I feel good about that because I don't want it to work out for two reasons. One, Che doesn't deserve to be with someone who's clingy and who is depending on them as their source of escapism and newfound happiness. Two, Miranda should not be prioritizing this new person in her life. You are divorcing your husband that you've been married to for nearly 20 years, who you've known for over 20 years that you now you share a 17, 18-year-old son with. I wish we would have saw her have those conversations with Brady about her and, and, and Steve separating, about her going to L.A. to be with her partner and his reaction. They didn't really touch on it. I know he's a piece of shit because Brady is a, is a fucking brat. But you can't tell me it doesn't affect him in some way. I mean, I know he's, tr- he's a disrespectful ass kid, but I'm sure he loves his parents. So I'm mad we didn't get to see that. That felt rushed. I'm not even going to talk about her having her red hair back. I mean, I like it, but I don't even care. I don't even care. Because I don't want her to go to L.A. Moving along. Carrie. Carrie, 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 Carrie. You know you have to have money to spend two to three days in France just to sprinkle your husband's ashes. And I thought it made sense for her to sprinkle his ashes in France where they finally, I guess profess their love for one another to be together for the rest of their lives. I can't believe they actually, did they actually go to France? They may have actually gone to France for that again. Some people love the orange dress she was wearing. I did not. Somebody said she looked like a croissant. I agree. And people was like, yo, how do you use a bathroom? And I was thinking the same thing. How do you take a shit in that dress? Like, Do you need, like, one or two people to help you lift it up so you can go to the bathroom? It was very dramatic, and I get it was supposed to be because it's, like, her kind of not necessarily letting him go, but putting him in his resting place where she felt he would have wanted to be. I get that. But I'm sorry. Between all the cringy shit that has happened in this entire season, the way they have written characters that we've loved, 
and reduced the character's essence. Unfortunately, that trumps the whole Carrie's a widow, a widow and, you know, dealing with grief. You know, I know she is, but it, and as much as they say she's grieving, she's a widow. I beat you. My husband's dead. I, I don't feel much. I don't feel anything really regarding that. So she ends up, what was the point of having that widower teacher as like someone for her to get back out there only for her to stop seeing? I mean, we knew she was going to stop seeing him, but what was the point of saying we went on a date, but we didn't even see the fucking date. Last I saw, you showed up to the date to say, I can't go on the date. Okay. But then we fast forward, Franklin, the podcast producer, agrees to produce her podcast, which is Sex in the City, and they end up kissing on the elevator. And I was like, okay. I like the way they ended that because they showed the way he was looking at her in the very first episode, and I thought they were hinting at a little, little something, something. And Franklin does seem like a catch, at least physically, because we don't really know much about him. We, we can't describe his personality. He seems laid back. He seems kind. But only time will tell if they do green light a, a season two, even though when this was it was first announced, this would be a limited series. I'm a, I was assuming this was just one season to see how they're doing. I say this all to say, I think Franklin looks better than any motherfucker Carrie has ever dealt with. Like, okay, so let me break it down. He has a great smile. I love that he's like a silver fox, okay? He has dimples. He has these cute-ass dimples, okay? He's tall, okay? He's easy on the eyes, and he looks like he has a great ass. Like, come on. So if we green light this for season two and they're dating, can we see him topless and or see his bare ass at least for like two to five seconds? I think it's a valid ask, writers. Michael Patrick King. I mean, you showed us two dicks that I didn't want to see. You can show me an ass I want to see for five seconds. So I like how they ended it with that. But will I say this was a great finale? No. To me, I still feel episode five and episode eight were the best. Episode five, because <laughs> that Che Miranda scene, them, them cross-cutting between Che and Miranda's sex scene and Carrie trying to piss in the bottle... That was the most, that was the funniest thing that happened in this entire fucking season. And then season eight, I mean, episode eight was actually a good episode. Like, it it was smooth sailing. I felt like I was watching a real interesting show where I wasn't cringing at every fucking thing. Also, side note, I'm really supposed to believe that Jackie married Smoke. How the hell did they even meet? They don't even seem like their personalities really match like that. Like, explain that to me. Explain that to me. 
Okay. Is there anything else I'm missing? I mean, yeah, we see Nia and Seema in LTW. Seema's finally getting her some with somebody that owns a prominent club in Brooklyn. He is cute. And I like the way she was laying on his chest. You know how they used to do like some of those like iconic like 90s like Calvin Klein type ads? That's what it was giving me. And I was like, you know what? I would actually consider putting that that like frame up on my wall because they look good together. They look good. And the fact that she was on the phone with Carrie while she was about to have sex with the dude reminded me of how Carrie was on the phone with Samantha as Carrie was about to have sex with that jazz player dude, that jazz musician dude. Naya, it seems like Naya's marriage is over. Maybe this is her origin story. We'll get to see more of her person. If they do a season two, we'll get to see more of her personality. Because, you know, I've been, I feel like I keep beating a dead horse. I've been saying this over and over and over again. I don't have anything against Naya. It's just unrealistic that her and Miranda would become friends. It's unrealistic. But I don't know, maybe her separating or getting divorced from her husband, and if they do a season two, we'll get to see more of her personality. And she becomes someone I can say that I genuinely enjoy, you know? LTW, look, y'all do a season two, LTW here to stay. LTW is fabulous. I've said it before, and I've seen... People on Twitter echoing my sentiments. I'm glad that Nicole Ari Parker was on this show. She is the first character of color. I felt that it made sense why her and Charlotte would become friends because they are so similar. And I love the fact that she is getting mainstream recognition because she's been black famous forever for like at least 20 years. But you know, white people don't know nothing about soul food, like the show or the movie. So they're just discovering her, which is good that they're just discovering her because she is a great actress. So if y'all do a season two, bring LCW back. I know everybody was listing who they would want to be like the new cast for season two. I don't know if I necessarily have. Well, I do. I do kind of, kind of, kind of. I would still want Charlotte, still want Carrie. Would I still want Miranda? Not sure yet. Definitely want Seema. Definitely want LTW. I'm still on the fence about Naya, but those are the four people that, oh, and Anthony, and Anthony. Anthony has been on this show for what, 20 years or more? He got lines, but he deserves more lines because Mario Cantone is actually a funny man. So I want him to get more of a storyline if you do a season two. There, I want you to truly integrate him into the friend group and him not just, he is in the friend group, but him not just be a friend of. Like when they had him say, I have to do these jokes to step my game up. I don't like that. Who wrote that? That just shows a one-sided relationship, a one-sided friendship if him and Stanford felt like they had to prove that they were a part of the friend group. I don't like that. Is there anything else I'm missing? Oh, 
It was great seeing Sada sing again. I know Sada has done Broadway and won a Tony. I don't follow Broadway like that. I'm not very much into musicals. So last time I heard Sada sing was the sing-along episode of Grey's Anatomy in season seven. And that was 11 years ago. So it's great hearing their voice because they have a great voice. Initially, I thought they were singing to Miranda. And I was like, yeah, this is a fucking somebody's fantasy. Because how do we go from we're not dating, you're not my girlfriend, to singing to Miranda, or in, let alone introducing Miranda to their family. It's a mess. A mess. Anything else? They tried to do a lot in one season and failed. They did. I feel they could have wrote Steve and Anthony and Stanford's characters better. I feel they could have wrote Miranda's character a bit better. I feel that they could have wrote Charlotte. Okay, that's another thing. Somebody said that Rock's bar mitzvah looked like they spent a hundred grand on it, right? Right? So you're telling me, again, if they're doing a season two, then they need to fill in some holes because there's some shit they missed. So you're telling me that Harry and Charlotte spent nearly a hundred grand on this bar mitzvah, but they can only afford a two bedroom penthouse apartment, one bedroom that their teenage children, their teenagers share. Make that make sense. A hundred grand on a, on a bar mitzvah. Or let's say 30, 50 grand on a bar mitzvah. But Harry can't afford a three bedroom. If you're doing a season two, you need to do some construction, some better set design for Charlotte and Harry's humble abode. Put in a third bedroom. I need it to make sense. I need it to make sense. Another thing, we know Seema has money. So, set design, MPK, make sure we see Seema's sprawling ass, gorgeous ass penthouse apartment that we know she got. You showed us the the dream penthouse apartment that Carrie and Big had for what, two episodes? Maybe two and a half? You showed us that empty, cold, sharp-edged, Apple store-looking penthouse apartment Carrie played sleepover in for maybe a week. The Golden Blacks need a third bedroom, and we need to see Seema's entire apartment. We saw LTW's gorgeous-ass apartment. That shit look amazing. Amazing. We need to see LTW's apartment more often. Also... Is the house Miranda and Brady and Steve living in the same one that they lived in towards the end of season six? Inquiring minds want to know. If y'all do a season two, it's a possibility that they will. Well, Sarah Jessica Parker is saying that she'd be interested. She's also saying that essentially she wouldn't want Kim Cattrall on the show given what seems to be tension between them. 
there's a lot of speculation that Sarah Jessica Parker was jealous of Kim because of the the fandom and some of the praise she got on set. And my thing is, if you feel that way, then why are y'all still using the character through text messages as a way to nostalgia bait us? And people have said, damn, Samantha ain't even here for real like that. But even through these text messages, she written better than some of these other bitches. And I and unfortunately, I had to agree. I had to agree. So if that's the case. And knowing that Sarah and Michael have a good relationship, seems like a close relationship, then end those texts because that's nostalgia based. Somebody said that John Corbett, who played Aiden, is a troll when he was like, I'm in the show and we didn't even see him. I don't mind it. I don't mind it because you knew people were going to talk about him. So he's in the show without him being in the show. And I'm glad that he wasn't in the show because here's the thing. Carrie hasn't changed, really. She's never really changed. She got with Aiden kind of as a rebound after Big broke her heart. She had an affair with Big while with Aiden. She then guilted Aiden into taking her back and then refused to stop being friends with the man she cheated on him with and even had the nerve to invite him the man she cheated on him with, to Aiden's cabin on their couple's weekend vacay. And then when he wanted to, he proposed and wanted to marry her, knowing that she had wanted Big to propose before, she vomited, bugged out, broke out in hives, and rejected the proposal. Then we fast forward nearly 10 years later. Her and Big been married a couple of years. Things are starting to feel a little monotonous, a little boring. She happens to see Aiden in Abu Dhabi. And then she proceeds to kiss this married man who's happily married with three children. I wouldn't want them to bring him back just to be her second chance at love. To be honest, I don't care if Carrie finds love again. We watched her kiss a bunch of frogs and go through a bunch of toxic ass relationships to finally get back to the toxic man she really wanted to be with. And I wouldn't have wanted it to be that they had wrote Aiden's storyline in a way where like him and his wife divorced or she passed or something. Uh Uh-uh, you don't do that just for the sake of, oh, Will she find love again? It kind of reminds me of that stupid ass idea um, on Grey's Anatomy. It's like they've been teasing this whole will Will Meredith Grey find love again since McDreamy died. And it's what, seven years later? Who cares? Like, she has everything. She has her career. She got the Harper Avery. She was running that medical clinic in Minnesota. She has the family. She lived in the dream house with her dream man. Her friends have become her family. She has a village. She has everything anyone could possibly want. If this show ends without her being in a long-term relationship or engaged or married to her second love of her life, that, that would be okay. 
The same way with Carrie. If this is the end of that, of like just the series forever, I'm fine with that. But I don't care. Like, even if they do a season two, she's not going to marry Franklin. I don't want to see her marry Franklin. I may see them date, but honestly, I just want to see him, you know. I don't care. So, tell me what did you guys think? What did you guys think of this season? And if they do a season two, will you be watching? I know earlier I said no, but now I'm undecided. But it depends on what they do. And they can't use the excuse of we're trying to set the scene and explain what's happened and transpired since the show aired in 04. They can't do that because you just took us through like a bunch of bumpy ass winding roads that nearly killed us. Like that's what you did. You took us on an emotional roller coaster. I'm slightly traumatized. But also, I enjoy hate watching in some ways. So I'm undecided if I'll be watching if they do a season two. But tell me, would you watch if they do a season two? You can let me know. I'll be posting a question in the community section if you can see it as um, you're listening through Spotify. If you want to send in a voice message about, you know, the show, your thoughts on the season, characters potential season two, anything like that, feel free to. I'm happy to incorporate it into my next podcast episode. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Bell in Progress. That's B-E-L-L-E in Progress. That's B-E-L-L-E in Progress. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I will be coming out with some new episodes probably within the next week. I just haven't decided My brain is kind of going, so I tend to have a lot of ideas in my head. I'm debating if I'm going to talk about shows that I've just finished watching or if I'm going to talk about movies. But you can let me know that, too. You can let me know that in the comment section or if you want to send in a voice message. Anyway, thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you soon.